My name is Mark Bassett. My name is Martin Bishop, and you're listening to us on Above and Beyond. Mike Myers here with another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by the Reengineering Australia Foundation. REA's goals are to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the value of STEM education and STEM career pathways. Today we have with us two teachers who are lucky enough, if that's the term, to be taking their schools, so Mark is from Mountview High School in Cessnock and Martin's from Penrith Christian College in Sydney. And you're taking a team of students called Ascension to the F1 Schools World Final in Abu Dhabi in about 15 days. I'm keen to hear from them about a teacher's perspective of taking students to a World Final. So we'll start with you, Mark. You've been to a world final before. How was it? Greatest experience of my life. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where students come together, working together, competing together. The collaboration, the enthusiasm, the excitement is just awesome. It's just amazing. We work with the local community. We are helping each other. Organisation, of course, is always a pain, but it is a pleasant experience from, from in regards to that. So you guys are both in what we call a collaboration team. One of you like to explain what a collaboration is all about? Uh, yes. Uh, so um, in the national final, the, the team from Cessnock, they came second in the nation. Uh, they called Pentesolate, and uh, we had a team called Vectory. We came third. So um, the REA decided to combine those two teams to form a collaboration, and uh, virtually what happens is that the two teams come together. Uh, we do have a core of six students, and then we have affiliate members which uh, support the team throughout the process. So I think it's very important that the two teams get along. I believe that there's a lot of indic- uh, situations where teams may not get along. But luckily, um, just prior to the Nationals, I did sit down with Mark, an opportunity for us to get to know each other, not knowing that the, the two teams would come together in, in a collaboration. And it made it things a lot easier. And uh, I think the key to it is being very open about your resources, your knowledge, and making sure that both um, schools have access to all resources from both locations. I think that was great also because we were able to sit down together before we knew the end result and we could say, hey, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? And we're sharing ideas, sharing our our knowledge and skill sets that we have. And suddenly when we found out we're actually going together, it was like amazing, awesome. We need to get together now. All right, let's get serious. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to... Yeah. Learn all the way. It was really I mean, a lot I mean of fun. Collab- collaborating between schools is not normal. I mean, it's not something that you do every day of the week, one might say. So it's forced you into a different kind of environment. That's, that's true, I guess. But also, we're teachers. We have students, regardless of which school we're at and which part of the country we're from. It's the same game. It's the same business. We're here to learn. We're here to share our knowledge and encourage the kids to do the best they can and to be the best they can. Yeah, and I think a a key to it from a teacher's perspective is to get the students from both schools to understand who we are, our personalities, and what we're trying to achieve in this competition. I think that's been really well done between these two teams. 
So you're talking about the personalities between the kids or between the teachers? Oh, look, it's both. I think that when you get students, they're very competitive and then they look at the oh, another team and they think, oh, we've got to work with them. But uh, from the teacher's perspective, you've just got to bring the other students on board. You've got to treat them exactly the same way as you treat your own students. And the same with uh, Mark here. Uh, Mark and I are very open with each other. We make sure that if there's any issues, we discuss them, we discuss it with the team, and that uh, creates an environment which is very positive in the, in the whole environment and whole experience of going to the World Finals. What have you guys learned from the process of collaboration and what do you think the students have learned from the process of collaboration? Timing, communication and communication. We've got to be open, we've got to be honest. If something goes wrong, we have to be the first ones to put our hands up and say, hey, this went bad, how do we fix it? How do we solve this problem? How do we move on? And there's no animosity, there's no harshness at all between the the two teams. There are some crazy individuals, of course, on on both sides. But, you know, the kids are coming together and it's, it's almost like brother and sister and forming a new family type situation. Everyone's just working hard. They've got the eyes set on a podium finish at the World Finals. Whatever it takes, what do we have to do, that's what we're doing to get Australia onto number one or number two or three. And I, I'd agree with that. And, um, I think that with Penrith Christian School, we've got two female students there and um, they're having to collaborate with um, seven boys in this particular one, but they've got great leadership. They know exactly what they're doing. And uh, I'm talking about um, Paige Foley and Imogen Rogers. And they're going to go a long way. I, I think they're only in year 10 at the moment. Imogen is the team leader and she's learning so much uh, about this competition. And at the same time, being a teacher, standing back, watching these students grow into young adults, it's an amazing experience. The role of failure in the learning process, where do you feel that fits and is it that good or bad? I, I see it as a positive. I mean, fail means first attempt in learning. We get up there, we make the mistakes, we learn from them, we build upon them. More importantly, we share our, our, our errors, our mistakes with, with both sides of the team. I mean, I said both sides of the team, but really I think it's just one team that has been moulded over the last six or seven months. Yeah, I think that, look, there's a lot of mistakes. It's a, it's a learning curve and it's a very deep learning curve at that. And uh, trying to settle the students and think of things differently than they would normally do, that's where the experience comes into it. And I feel as though going through this process, particularly at this level, allows the students to experience things that they wouldn't normally experience in a normal classroom and definitely advances their maturity uh, through the whole process. So it's, it's a fantastic thing to watch from a teacher's perspective and I know the parents are also seeing the difference in their children as they're going through this competition. Why F1? I'll extend that question. Is this about cars? Is it about an opportunity? Is it about just the chance to take on the world? I think all the above. I think the bottom line from uh, my point of view is it's STEM, it's science, technology, engineering, mathematics. We're not just learning from a textbook, we're learning real life skills in a real world environment. I know it's not the same as a Vaughan One Grand Prix, but by crikey, it's close. It's really close to the real deal. Yeah, look, I agree with that. And uh, the, these students, they're, they're advanced themselves so much in this STEM um, competition so far. In a lot of ways, they're ready for the workforce, they're ready for university, and you know, most guys are only in year 10. 
And the maturity, like I said before, is just coming out in leaps and bounds. So I, th- I think the whole STEM process is bringing out errors in their performance and in their character, which you wouldn't normally get in a normal classroom environment. And uh, I'd encourage any student or, or teacher to have a go at doing this sort of thing, um, F1s or whether it be 4x4. I know you run 4x4 subs and uh, now the space program. So all of them can achieve the same results as F1, but um, obviously F1's got the fast cars. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Do you see a change or an increase in performance of the kids in other subjects as a result of having to work hard for this? Because I'm assuming they have to work very hard. Yeah, the teachers for their other subjects are the first ones that have come to me and said, hey, what's going on with this F1 stuff? And I say, well, why? You know, I mean, we're working before school, recess, lunch, after school, even weekends and holidays. But, you know, the physics teacher, for example, comes up and says, hey, the homework is done early. They're getting ahead of the schedule and, you know, the scope and sequence and this sort of stuff because it expands into all their subjects and into their life as well. Their work commitments or their sporting commitments, it just, they just grow and evolve so much. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, look, um, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, you get really good academic students um, doing this particular STEM competition and they're able to handle school as well as um, this STEM competition. But I also feel as those students which just like getting involved, their hands dirty. They don't have to be high in the academic stream of the schools. But they can uh, love cars, they can love engineering, they can love CAD, they can be very good at it and uh, they really excel in, in these sorts of competitions and, and that's what I love seeing. I love seeing students which um, come from an area where they don't know what they want to do in life and they're not sure about what they're actually doing in the classroom but they take a challenge like this on, they live, breathe, eat it and they change. They, it's, a, it's a progression that t- can take place over a short period as, as much as a year. So it's, it's fantastic. Even the younger students that come into the classrooms when we're in there busy having a group meeting or looking at things on an, an interactive whiteboard or planning and scheduling and stuff, the younger students come in and say, hey, sir, what's going on here? I say, sit down and watch. See if you're interested. If you are, come to talk to these guys. They're the experts. Yeah, and it's, it's all the um, hardware and the software that, that they get to sit down and learn all the CAD and like I said the Denford milling machine I mean I've got students in year seven at the moment which is sitting down using a, a, a milling machine and, and, and CAD software and I, I just stand back and I think this is amazing it's um, they've got smiles on their faces they're learning how to do very advanced programming and you know, sometimes I wish the parents were just in the room watching their sons and daughters do what I see every day it's just amazing things I can only sell it to everyone and say hey have a go so Martin a question for you to start with you've never been to a world final and you're about to walk into a a room that has 55 teams from roughly 30 countries and there's 300 students all competing what are you looking for what would you like to experience Uh, what's the mental expectation that you have of that Uh, I'll be honest I've been so busy having these students and also um, you know doing normal teaching uh, back at the school I haven't had a really great opportunity to sit down and appreciate what we've done at this time I think it is we're nearing that appreciation stage I got a couple of students here at the New South Wales State Finals which are helping the REA and they came up to me and said sir do you know we're going to the world finals and I said yeah that's only two weeks away so I think that next week I'm going to sit down with the students and for the first time I'm going to probably not put my feet up but just sit down and think hey we're going to the world finals it's great to have a mentor like mark who's been to the world finals before and 
the students which had been there before because I think the experience that they've gone through has come out onto on, on my students at Penrith Christian School and also what Mark has learnt in the past, I'm learning as well. So that's where the collaboration comes from. When we first found out that uh, we we're going to be teaming up with um, Cessnock, uh, Mount, Mount View Riverview School, um, I thought it was fantastic and I was really looking forward to the um, collaboration with Mark Bassett and his students. So Mark, you have been to a world final and that was in Singapore, which is sort of a, a known environment, one might say. It's just like being in Sydney to some extent, apart from the culture's different. You're heading into Abu Dhabi. Things are you looking forward or what are you keen to learn or see or have the kids experience in Abu Dhabi that's different? I think it's the energy and the enthusiasm. Thinking back to 2017, walking in there, no idea what to expect. As soon as I walked in the room and I perhaps looked a little lost or a little confused, suddenly there's teens from China, USA, Mexico, etc., Europe, you know, coming up to you and saying, hey, sir, come and talk to us. Do you need any help? We're F1, we're doing this, we're from this country. Yeah, and within five minutes I'm reading through their portfolios, they're sharing their skills, their knowledge, the passion, the energy is just amazing from these awesome young people. Of this process, what are those areas that are really stand out above the others? Not, not the detail about maths and science, but the other underlying skills that have they all of a sudden become good at? Confidence. Their, their confidence is just, um, growing exponentially. No longer young children at school, they're becoming young adults. I, I can hear them speaking much more clearly. I can hear them approaching adults with more confidence. I can see the way they approach things at school are totally different than they were doing one year ago. So I, I think the, the whole package of what they're going through at the moment is making them better people. It's certainly making them deal with pressure a lot better at school. I believe once the um, World Finals is over, they'll have a lot of time and opportunity to systematic approach to their school learning and I've seen that over the last year I think that all the teachers can admit that you know they have changed through the STEM process. I think time management is another key one there I mean it's a very long list we could sit here for an hour working our way through but the time management and the commitment to learning it's not like take a student for example who's fresh into high school and he's got home and he thinks I've got to get home I've got to do my homework let's get into this I mean, these guys are asking the teacher the day before, what are we doing tomorrow, so I can prepare, I can be ready ahead of the schedule. I mean, you see that in young adults and university-type students, and now suddenly we're seeing this with even in year seven, year eight students. It's just amazing to watch them grow and, and to learn and mature. Yeah, and, and parents are getting onto this now. The parents are starting to understand the um, importance of doing STEM. I'm getting a lot of people now approaching me about F1 in schools and the other STEM competitions that REA run. And we've got to do a re-approach re- everything at school at the moment, just to take a backward step, just have a look at the broadness of what STEM is, actually try and execute it really well so every student has an opportunity of having some sort of outlet to be able to do as much practical in STEM as possible. We're currently at the New South Wales State Final for F1 in Schools for 2019. So it means the teams will go to the World Final in 2020. So are your kids motivated to want to go to the 2020 World Final? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. They're watching what the, the other guys are doing, the Ascension team are doing at the moment, and they're like, sir, I can't wait for me to be in that situation. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's unique. Um, ha- being in the World Finals in 2019 and also having a, a team coming through behind them, it's a, an incredible experience for them. Uh, they are, they're lifting, 
they're uh, getting more confidence. And not only that, they've got the world team as their mentors, which is fantastic. It's, a, it's really great when I walk into a room and I see the um, older students sitting down with the younger students, teaching them um, what they've gone through. It's, uh, you, there's no um, money that can be spent on that sort of thing. I noticed walking around in the in amongst the biz talking to the kids with the kids from Gamma Raising uh, from Camden who came second in the world in 2014 and they're back because they want to feed back to the kids. It's amazing the feedback that's coming back and the, the generational knowledge that's being passed down. The, the thing, I would imagine you'd see that at your school a lot too, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely, yes. Ex-students who I, you know, get grab the phone and say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Have you got university doing? Have you got a... A commitment and they say no what are we doing f1 so yes come on into the school and they just you know it's it's a culture that's building in the community these kids are here to learn they'll have a go at anything yeah i think the engineering aspect of this is um, amazing it's uh it's certainly i've learned a lot of, about engineering and i know the, the students are learning heaps about it as well and i wouldn't be surprised if um through to the end of this um world final experience that one or two students might change their opinion on what they want to do in their life and actually change over to something like engineering or get into more about marketing and branding it's a the opportunities are just magnificent and it provides students with opportunities heaps of them yeah i want to jump in a car and start racing um uh, look it, it does um uh, you can go through teaching and you can be a math teacher, English teacher, science teacher, and we've all got our own jobs. And I really appreciate teachers. Um, they're some of the hardest working people that um, I, I've ever come across and I meet. And I know I can stand back and look at teachers quite often. Obviously, the future lies in, in STEM projects. Uh, I can see it every day. And it, one of the things which I, I'd like the government cha- to change, actually, is the way STEM is run at schools. I'd like to give students a lot more opportunity, particularly from uh, year seven right through to year 12. Unfortunately, there is a bit of a wall there when you hit year 11 because it becomes very curriculum based. And um, if I was going to be preaching anything to the government is that, yeah, we need to change that. Students need to be able to access STEM far beyond year 10 and there should be some access to them to do that in years 11 and 12. I would have thought, and maybe you can comment on this, that at the end of the day, we're trying to get students ready for work, to give them a rounding, make them outliers, one might say, of the things they need for their job. And, and sometimes the curriculum and dragging them back to a, you know, learning in silos is not as effective as going to world final and all of the things that they may learn around that. Is that a fair comment? I think so. You can't write a textbook for F1 in schools. I mean, there are so many resources and avenues that the students learn from and need to learn from. So they get the the big picture of the situation. I can't just sit down with a mathematics textbook and say, okay, we're going to start at page 12 today and we're going to look at these problems. We're going to work out how to come up with the solutions. With F1, they're doing the maths, they've got the science, the engineering, and then they've got the mentoring from people in the communities and local industries to say, hey, how can I do this? It's not a case of, so why am I doing this? They're asking me, how can we do this? How can we do this better? I mean, they're young Australians. They're our future. They need to come on board and make sure that they're not repeating the mistakes that perhaps previous generations have made. Yeah, and in industry is so important um, uh, with collaboration and also through sponsorship. I think that w- we've done really well in getting some really good um, companies coming on board uh, with Penrith Christian School. But it's when we go out and on the bus and we go and um, meet 
the um, companies and, and the people which are helping support the team. That is absolutely fantastic. Um, last week we were out with Heltech and we went through their factory and the, the students were just so engaged, their eyes were open and they can just see all the opportunities which are, lie ahead of them. Uh, we went and saw SKF Bearings, which are another sponsor of ours, and they sat and went us through all their bearings and showed us how they make them and um, how they actually repair them here in Australia. You can't get that sort of experience in the, in the classroom. We've got so many fantastic sponsors behind us. We try and engage with them as much as possible. The more the students engage with them, the, the greater they, they become in terms of confidence. And we also see that from the sponsorship as well. I think that they're in the real world they're dealing with people in the real world, and that's where they're learning. I like to see the look on the faces of the people you meet when you do the industry visit or you go and collaborating with a company about a particular component that you're working on. You know, we're talking with gentlemen who have done the university training, they've got their degrees and et cetera, and they've been in the job for 15, 20, even 30 years, and suddenly a 16 or a 15 year old is walking in the room and they're talking the talk. You know what I mean? They're they're putting these guys under pressure and they're thinking, holy cow, you haven't got to university and you know this stuff already. It's just, from a teaching point of view, it's just magic. I mean, if we could get that in the classroom every lesson of every day, wow, what a generation we would produce. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And d- dealing with industry and having that collaboration is probably the highlight, one of the biggest highlights of this STEM project. One of the most difficult things I come to is actually raising money. That is always, it's not something that's in the teacher's uh, remit, one might say, and it's an experience to have to go and chase it. I know we do it in industry every day, but uh, what's your feedback on what it's like to now go out and chase money or have the students do that? One word, wow. It, it is... It's a, it's a different world. I, I can understand that different businesses have different needs. Not every business has um, money that they can give, give out to schools or uh, uh, students and, that, and so forth. You get a lot of back push from industry sometimes because they don't have the money and so forth. But then you'll come across a company which sort of sees through the, the smoke and the haze and they can see, hey, there's a lot of potential here dealing with education, dealing with young people coming through the system. I love it when I make a phone call to a company, I quickly explain who we are, what we're doing, and then I receive a phone call back within 24 hours saying, hey, we want to meet you. That's really a sensational feeling because it means they're thinking about it from their perspective. They're trying to think how we can work together before I need to really go in and do any hard selling about the team and trying to get the prospectus or talking about money. But it's not all about money. Sometimes it's, uh, many times it's about them supporting us. You know, it could be with graphics, graphics art mart. Um, they, they're a sponsor of ours and they help us with all the graphics for the pit display and, and so forth. So, and we've got Hercules Plastics that um, help us with um, uh, support with plastic materials for the pit display. Dotmar, they do our wheels for us. So there's no finance or money turning over, but we are getting some brilliant support and products from them. It's a fantastic collaboration between us and the students. I think the value of the collaboration process itself, itself you cannot put a, an actual price onto it. I mean, we've worked with companies like Hebrel Engineering and Cessna Print Place in the Hunter Valley, and they say to us, look, you know, we can support you in this way, but once they meet the team, it's like, hang on, we now need to be able to do this and this and extend that, that learning and that collaboration process so much better. It's great to walk into a company and say, hey, we're going to present you with a $500 cheque, for example. 
and then suddenly they want us there for another 20 or even 30 hours, and crikey, I don't know how much that's going to cost them, but I imagine that would be very expensive for them. But when they're sitting down with the managers and the com- communications personnel, the graphics artists, the engineers and so on, and they're working with these young Australians, it's just brilliant to see that, you know, if the bell, bell goes or the hooter goes to say it's a lunch break, these guys don't put the pen or pencil down or move away from the computer. They're still sitting there working with their students. They still want to encourage them to learn more and to to step up to their level. Yeah, and it's about the future of Australia. I love it when the um, sponsors come on board and they talk about the future of Australia. They talk about young Australians trying to help them um, succeed in the future. And as soon as you get in those sort of conversations, then you know that you're heading in the right direction. You know that there's a really good future for the students. And yeah, they love it. They, they eat it up and they love meeting the sponsors once they um, come on board. And when that collaboration starts up and they're just talking to them like normal people, that's brilliant. If you were to give some advice to other teachers in a short sentence, what would that be? Do more. I think that'd be the easiest way. You can go to work, you can work with the students in the classroom, but if you can step it up to an extracurricular activity or improve the programming and and the system within the school, the students come back to you wanting more. They learn so much more. Suddenly students who are in a classroom, not necessarily engaged. And if I walk in with a miniature F1 car and I start talking about aerodynamics and airflow and the science and engineering behind it, suddenly they're lighting up like a Christmas tree. You know what I mean? They're just sparking. They want to learn. They want to know more. So we need to do more. Yeah, from me, it's faith. You've got to have faith in yourself. You've got to have faith in the students. You've got to have faith in the school. You've got to be able to make sure that uh, you're going to put the time and effort into trying to achieve something you've never done before. Anyone can do it. Um, You've just got to have the right mindset. It's not about always getting the best students. It's about just getting some students that want to have a crack at it. You get that opportunity and you put the energy into it, you'll reap the rewards. Talking about passion. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you very much. I think it's been a wonderful chat. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again in Abu Dhabi, so it'll be interesting to see the reaction after you being there. And yes, yeah. can't wait to get there. Yeah. But thanks very much. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Mike.